How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the 209 Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano. And before we get started, I'd like to invite everyone to go follow the podcast if you haven't yet on all the social media platforms out there. You can find it at the 209 Journey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, I invite you to do so. You can actually subscribe anywhere you listen to the podcast. Um, There should be an option to subscribe. Main benefit from this is that you do get notified every time a new episode is posted. And I do have to apologize. I have actually gotten quite busy over the last couple of weeks and haven't been able to do the once per week posting, but hoping that changes here soon. And so if you subscribe, you'll be able to find out each and every time I actually post a new episode. So thank you so much to everyone who has uh, done so already. So let's go ahead and get started with tonight's episode here on the 209 Journey podcast. So today on episode 17, I have Anthony Silva here on the show. I actually met him because he was also a part of the Student Blogger Project, which if y'all recall back in episode 11 when I spoke with Alyssa, that is the project in which select students at TSU Stand and Laws were able to write a blog about their experience as college students as well. So that is definitely where, where we go back. But So that was quite some time ago, but... Uh, that, that is where I first met Anthony and uh, some of the things that he's involved in now. He's actually working for Visit Modesto. He's their lead creative there. So it'll be really interesting to hear more about what he has going on there and also what Visit Modesto has a plan for as far as future events go. Also, he is a podcaster just uh, as I am here. And I'm really excited to hear more about his story and how he got into this world of podcasting too and so he is one of the hosts for the porcelain peak podcast so definitely go check it out if you haven't yet it's actually a podcast on all things uh, sci-fi and horror they talk about different uh movies shows uh centered around those two genres take a listen whenever you can so welcome to a 209 journey anthony how's it going man long time <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's going great. Yeah, like I was talking to you uh, before the intro here about uh, what I do for work, and we we're trying to schedule around uh, me working downtown in Modesto. And um, I'm just happy that I could finally make it on because for me, I'm my I'm doing this uh, what I do for work, and then I'm podcasting, and so uh, I'm usually very busy. So I'm glad we got a an hour out of our time to chat a little bit. Yeah, likewise, man, I, I get what you're going through <laughs> as a podcaster myself and, you know, day job and all that. And there's there's a lot going on. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about, you know, all things Visit Modesto on the podcast. But I think first things first, I mean, you, you told me you uh, were not only living here in Modesto, but you also grew up here in the area. So tell me more about, you know, what it was like for you to, to grow up here, too. I know you went to Davis as well, which I didn't even know that. Yeah. But yeah. I guess you graduated, I think like a year after I did. So yeah, just tell oh, me really? more. Okay. Yeah. I was curious about what high school you went to because <laughs> I knew that was going to come up, but uh, yeah, I was born here um, in 92. So I just turned 30. So 30 years in the Modesto area. Um, almost all of those years have been in Modesto. I was uh, born at doctor's medical center. So I basically just stayed around that area for most of my life. Uh the only times that I left were for college and I went to Stan State, which you already know, um, and worked a few odd jobs there and did some student blogging and 
Um, I think that kind of got me a little bit into the idea of wanting to put my voice out there a little bit. So um, yeah, I lived in Turlock for, I think, four years and then came back to Modesto. And now technically I'm in Salida, but that count that's close enough. It counts as Modesto. Yeah. It's right yeah. over the train tracks. Yeah. Yeah. People still consider it. I think uh, at this point too, it's just, uh, it's like a neighborhood. I think the way I see it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You just make a U-turn here and you've, you've covered all like a short U-turn. You've covered all of Salida. So you can get out of here pretty quick, but uh, yeah, been in Modesto a, a long time. But I'm working there uh, for Modesto, um, so it's my journey has kind of been full circle in terms of my uh, 209 journey. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you you went to Stan State as well as we were uh, speaking before, and you know now you're working for you know the Visit Modesto Bureau, and it's it's really cool, right? I mean, to be able to represent your hometown, right, and try to attract tourists to your hometown, I think is you know just the, the best thing that they could do, right? So I'm glad that. You know, you're there, you're trying to get more people to visit us, uh, just as, you know, I'm trying with this podcast to like just showcase different things going on around the 209 because there's a lot going on, right? And you you know more than yeah. I do now. Like, can you like tell us a little bit more about like what Visit Modesto does, like all the different things and maybe some like events that, that you guys um, like quote as well? Yeah, definitely. So Visit Modesto is our is the Modesto Convention and Tourism Bureau. I've been working there for about a year and a half now, um, and I kind of just stumbled into it because I uh, studied art when I was at Stan State, got my uh, BFA in fine art, but I, my focus was in graphic design, and kind of what I always wanted to do was get into a graphic design job, and it never really happened for me after college for those first couple of years, but then the pandemic hit. And I just took that time. I took a year off and took that time to go like, I'm just going to get a job where I'm working for a company that I like, where I can do graphic design and I can be artistic. And that's how I got to where I am now. And I'm the lead creative over at Visit Modesto. We, our whole mission is just to get people to come to Modesto and stay in Modesto and do all of those really cool things that you were talking about going on around the area. And what's really awesome about it is that I get to be super involved in the community. Uh, because I get to design flyers and posters and websites and online uh, announcements and social media stuff. So I get to be a part of so many different things that we have going on around the year. Um, Some of our big annual events that happen every year are Graffiti Summer. Um, So a lot of people probably know that Modesto is the home of George Lucas, and um, he made the movie American Graffiti. So every summer, we have a big classic car show and we have all kinds of, uh, we have a parade downtown. So that's something that I've been involved in for the past couple of years. Um, what we have going on currently is something that we started called Mo Pink. And this is where we devote the month of October to women's health awareness. So we have a bunch of programs going on all over Modesto where uh, shops are doing deals and classes and um, there are a couple concerts going on where there are proceeds that are all being donated to the Haven uh, Women's Shelter. So that's all of October. And we have all kinds of cool pink designs that I put together to uh, put that message out there because we think it's something that's super important. So a bunch of businesses all over Modesto are participating in that. Um, and then coming up in, uh, for the holidays, we have our Mo Cheer, which is our whole Uh, Christmas through New Year's where we partner up with the skating rink downtown and we do all kinds of cool stuff again in terms of 
showing you all the best places to go to get Christmas trees and what to do with your family and where to take your kids. And we kind of just try to make Modesto a really cool place to come to and let people know who may not have Modesto on their radar that this is the place where you want to stay in the Central Valley. So it's been a really awesome job for me because like we said earlier, I get to be a part of this community that I've lived in for 30 years. So and I get to give back in some way while being creative. It's perfect. Yeah, no, that's really awesome. I mean, like like I mentioned before, like just being born in Modesto, like what, what better than you to, you know, like represent our, our town creatively and showcase all, all that we have here to offer too. So it all... You, your both of your worlds kind of mixed together, right? Your passions and your hometown, where you came from, too. So, yeah, that's uh, great. That's what, what would you say is the most challenging part about what you do? I think that the biggest challenge that Modesto in general faces, but that we definitely face in the office, is the fact that it's no secret that people may not have the best perception of Modesto. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people looking in from the outside may have this perception that Modesto is dangerous or dirty or you know has a a homelessness problem but you know and those are even thoughts that when I was in high school and uh, going into college and living in Turlock I was like you know who would want to live in Modesto well I've lived here long enough now and then especially doing this job I've come to realize that one there are uh, tons of truly talented and amazing and kind people who live in not just Modesto but the Central Valley Um, And the Central Valley is really, you know, I've been to a lot of cities, New York and San Francisco and LA, and I always feel so much safer and that like, it's so much cleaner and there's so much more breathing room in a place like Modesto. And so really, I feel like I can, you know, my job is to go, okay, people out there, whether it's somebody looking at a Facebook ad or um, somebody seeing a video that we posted we get a lot of people who want to leave these negative comments and it's my, it's our job to kind of address those and go, Hey, maybe that, that perception that you had about Modesto isn't really the truth. Let me show you some of the really, really cool and awesome things that Modesto has to offer. And the best thing about the job is when people go, Oh, I didn't know that about Modesto. That's super cool. And that happens all the time. One of our biggest events that we have for the past two years is the almond blossom cruise that happens in the mm-hmm. spring. And people don't realize that Modesto is um, gorgeous when those almond blossoms mm-hmm. bloom. And so we set up a whole audio tour. We partnered with Tim- the actor, Timothy Oliphant to do an audio narration mm-hmm. this year because he grew up in Modesto and um, we're putting together these really awesome things for people to come and experience in Modesto And we hope that that means they stay, whether that's, you know, Mm -hmm. for a few days on a weekend or, you know, we've had people say, hey, I want to come back here to live here. And that's amazing. You know, now that you mentioned that, too, I actually got an ad. So you guys did a good job. I I got targeted with that. So (laughs) I remember seeing that and being like, whoa, we have that here, you know, and living here. I didn't even realize all that. But you guys did a good job with the video, with the whole uh, almond blossoms. It it was all done really well. Well, thank you. That's really awesome to hear, especially since uh, our age group, yours and mine, that's really the age group that we're trying to leave an impression with because, you know, younger people like us, we're the ones who are making a lot of these decisions about, you know, traveling and things like that and what we want to do. And especially after the pandemic, people are really picky and we want to show that Modesto is, you know, 
I keep saying the word cool, but really that's not an impression that a lot of people have of Modesto. And, it, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff. We have great shows at the Gallo Center. If you're into smaller theater productions, we have the Prospect Theater, which is more independent. We have the State Theater and they show amazing, um, you know, indie films and things that you can't see many other places uh, and all kinds of new places popping up downtown all the time for yoga and vegan food and really anything that you can think of that, and, and you know, you don't have to be around a million people like you do in a big city. It, it's pretty, it's cool. You know, I think what ends up happening is that a lot of people look at the big cities, look at theme parks, look at stadiums, and they let their perception of like, oh, this city is great because they have all these like big entertainment venues, right? But that kind of overshadows the real problems right, that might be going on in those cities, right? Like you mentioned, right? There's probably like um, a higher homelessness rate in them too. And, you know, with us, you know, there might be homeless as well, right? But it might not be as high as, you know, of course, a, a big city. And I think that is really the reason why we don't get seen as great because we don't have those venues, right? Is is I think the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 100% accurate. And I think that the thing that people also forget about Modesto and the Central Valley is that we are really the heart of California. If you want to go do literally anything, like go to a big concert venue, or you want to go to the mountains, or you want to go to the forest, or the desert, or the ocean, you're really in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always loved about Modesto when I was growing up is that it was never more than, you know, two hours to get to somewhere really, really amazing. You know, we're so close to Yosemite. It's ridiculous. Like, you know, when it's, when there's not a fire or snow, you know, in Yosemite, we can go up there every weekend if we want to. We're mm -hmm. so close. And that's, you know, a, it's a national park. It's a big deal. And so I think a lot of people, they think that they need to be in this this bubble in in a city because it is you want to think walking distance, but half the time it takes you two hours to get anywhere in a city because of traffic and parking anyway. Yeah. So why not be in a place where you know you can come back at the end of the night and not have to worry about parking and crazy traffic and you have a, a calmer place to stay the night and then go drive to, you know, you went to the mountains yesterday, go to Sacramento and go take a walk through old sack and go see a show. You know, there's a lot of options that I think people don't think of. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're definitely blessed, you know, being in a really good spot. And I mean, you're not even mentioning rent as well. Right. I mean, that's, that's another, <laughs> another one. Right. I mean, there's, there's so many like pros that people just don't realize that. Right. And they just maybe might get some blindsided and be like, Oh, I want to be next to this like entertainment venue or I want to be like, next to the beach but in reality yeah yeah we're, we are really um, conveniently located too and i think a lot of people don't know that yosemite is actually in the 209 as well right yeah yeah and i and we work with them directly uh putting things in yosemite journal and collaborating with their newsletters so that's super awesome because I've, I've loved yosemite since i was a kid so to be able to do ads that go in their magazines and work with them it's awesome mm -hmm. and again it's just one of those reasons why now, especially now after these two years of working for with Visit Modesto, I feel like, you know, I wouldn't want to go work for a tourism bureau in a bigger city. Like, I, you know, I, I don't think I could find as many interesting things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that, that says a lot right there, too. And not to mention, there, there'd probably be like 50 people working, right, if it was a big city and you wouldn't feel as uh, like you'd be able to do as much, right, when there's more people. Um 
you know, making decisions. Yeah, exactly. and all that. <laughs> you get more yeah. liberty with uh, your creativity, which is always nice to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm the only creative in my office. So I pretty much get to do whatever I think is going to be cool for Modesto for the things that we're doing. And we, there's four people in our office. We have a very small team. Um, not the smallest around here. Um, I know Oakdale has a little bit smaller team doing their tourism mm -hmm. stuff, but all of these places for Oakdale and, and for Modesto, these tourism bureaus, they do a lot of work. And I don't think a lot of people realize it. They just see the pamphlets or they see the ads and they go like, oh, that's a, you know, Modesto uh, generated that out of nothing, like with an AI or something. But it's like, no, there's a human being sitting behind a desk going, how can I get people's attention so that they come to Modesto? And that person is me um, for Modesto. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, people might think of that just in general as a marketer too. They might just think our, our things are just uh, like you mentioned, all automated or graphic designs are done AI or just you just type something on, on a banner and then it just pops up on the screen. But it's like, yeah, there's there's more that goes to with that graphic, right? There's a lot of planning. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what would you say is is your thought process as you guys are like maybe planning um, an event or maybe it's something new from scratch? Like, uh, do you guys have like brainstorm sessions or how does that work when you guys are trying to come up with like new event ideas for, for the city? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of brainstorming that happens. And like I said, our team is very small, but we work really, really well together. We all, for one thing, get along and really, really well which is not always easy um, on a on any size team, but because we get along so well and we have a combination of different histories when it comes to Modesto, um, I think that we're able to have really, really good brainstorming sessions. Um, Cause we can, I, there's me who's grown up here and been here for 30 years. And then we have uh, one of my other coworkers, Kristen, who is not from the area um, and moved here recently and so she comes with a more fresh perspective of somebody who is like, okay, looking from the outside, how can we make Modesto look really fun and exciting and make people want to come here? And then we have someone like my other coworker, Kate, who maybe didn't, didn't grow up in Modesto, but grew up in Oakdale. So she knows the Valley and she's really connected with the agriculture scene, which is obviously hugely important in Modesto and in the Central Valley. Uh, and then we have our, my boss, Todd, uh, and the CEO of the company. And he is one, an amazing guy, but two, really passionate about everything that we do. And three, has a hospitality background. So he's done all, you know, he knows people and he knows what gets people to want to stay places. And so, you know, I'm coming at it from a, a more youthful perspective of wanting to do what's hip and cool. And he kind of meets me in the middle and goes, okay, so how can we take your hip and cool idea and make it actually work for the people of Modesto because he knows everybody in Modesto and he knows what their opinions are going to be. And, but yeah, we bring in meetings for pretty much all of the events that we do. And we try to meet with uh, any partners that we're working with. So for graffiti, we talk to all of the car clubs, we bring them into our building and we have in our conference room, big meetings with them and kind of try to hash out what's going to work best for graffiti that year or for Mo Pink. We brought in all of our partners from the Haven women's shelter and the reform Pilates place that's near our office who are all going to be collaborating. And really it just takes a, a million voices and then it's up to the four of us to kind of distill it down into, okay, what's the game plan for the next month, the next two months. What's really been exciting recently is that we've had a, a new marketing agency that's been working with us called Relic. And they're actually based in Utah, 
but they flew out to Modesto when they first started working with us and spent a couple of days here and got to go on a big tour with my boss through all the orchards and everything and get a really good idea of what Modesto was all about. And, but they still have that outside perspective and they work with a bunch of other destinations. So they get to give us that perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is what, you know, Southlake is doing for their marketing and this is what's working and what's not working. And then we can apply that to what we're doing. So yeah, it's, it's really just a lot of hands in the pot. And then I have to kind of take all of that and go, all right, how do I turn that into a design that's going to work? Um, you know, we have, we have 12 events that we're doing for the Mo Pink and how do I get those communicated with people in a way that it's going to get in front of faces and it's going to be bright and flashy and interesting, but communicates the right message, which is women's health and, uh, you know, appreciation for everything, uh, you know, women and, um, you know, in the month of October. So it can be challenging, like I talked about earlier, because there's a lot, you're fighting against a lot of maybe more stubborn people or people who are more set in their ways or people who maybe have really different opinions from you. But like I said, we're all coming at it from different angles and we usually are able to manage meeting in the middle and coming up with some really cool stuff. So, um, and the longer that I'm there, the more interesting ideas we have. Um, some stuff that I can't really talk about until we have it more set in stone, but we have some really interesting ideas that we're working on um, moving forward. So uh, we're always trying. We're always trying to make it a, a better place to come visit and a better place to live. Yeah, well, yeah, you guys have definitely ramped up marketing. I, I want to say, I mean, over the last probably five years, because I, I could think back to 10 years ago. And I mean, when we were student bloggers, I don't recall hearing much about the Visit Modesto. So things have changed, yeah, right? Been- or no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Todd uh, took over as CEO only a few years ago. I think maybe four to five, three to four years ago, maybe. Um, so when he came in, he basically revamped the entire thing, and he came in with a whole new attitude about how he wanted Modesto to be, um, what he wanted it to look like, and like I said, he's a really awesome guy, and so his vision has kind of spearheaded this whole thing. And it wasn't difficult for me to come in and go, okay, I also want Modesto to be really exciting, and I want our graphic design to look great. And I want our signs to look awesome. And he's like, yes, let's do that. And we were just totally on the same page. And uh, when you bring that much passion into it, people can see it when they start seeing your marketing come out and start ramping up and they go, oh, wow, you people start to notice. And that comes from just a lot of us wanting to get in front of as many faces as possible and say, hey, you know, Modesto is cool. The 209 is cool. Come hang out here. That's awesome. And it starts uh, with us, right? Being uh, the second biggest city here in the 209 it's it's good that you know we're we're trying to lead the way although you know Stockton does have a good visitors center as well uh, I don't know if you know too yeah. much of them too but I mean I know they've been doing a pretty good job with their marketing lately and I think they just started a podcast um, recently from what I hear yeah yeah Stockton they do awesome stuff and we're always uh well Todd is, is friends with the the CEO over at Stockton too so we're in communication with them and we don't do a lot of stuff together, but we end up because the Valley has so much going on. A lot of the time we'll have events that are happening in Oakdale or Stockton or Merced or uh, Turlock where it's like, okay, we're going to include those because it's all part of this big central Valley vision of like, okay, we're trying to just improve this place in general and and make it a, a, like I said, a better place to live and to visit. That's cool. I'm glad that you guys have that collaboration because that's, you know, so we can, strengthened our, our 209 definitely well yeah 
I want to shift focus over to um, your career as a podcaster, <laughs> naturally, right? I mean, yeah. Being a podcaster as well, I, I'm always really intrigued by uh, what other podcasters do as well. But um, can you tell us, you know, a little bit more about like how you became a podcaster and, you know, what was uh, Porcelain Peak, your first podcast, and just really how did that come about as well? Yeah, so I've been a huge podcast fan for probably a decade, if not more at this point. I started out with like NPR radio shows on the actual radio. And then when I got a smartphone and podcasting, uh, podcasts started becoming a more accessible thing, I started listening to those NPR shows, you know, in their podcast form. And then that spread into, I'm going to listen to this thing. And before I knew it, I had a dozen different podcasts in every genre, you know, from true crime to comedy to stuff about movies. So I wanted to start a podcast from day one, really, because, you know, you're sitting around with your friends and you're talking about the things that you're passionate about. And you always have that moment where you think we should really record ourselves because, you know, this is a lot of fun and people would want to hear this. And but it just didn't happen for years and years. And I never really got into a situation where anyone really wanted to podcast with me. And then my friends, uh, Tone and John, John or Tone, I went to Stan State with. I was roommates with them when we lived in Turlock. And we've been friends for many, many years and always bonded over movies. And then uh, John, I worked with when I worked at Apple at Vintage Fair. I worked there for about five years and and he and, and we worked together and we always talked about movies when we were at work. Well, one year they started a podcast together, Tone and John, because they happened to also be friends uh, about horror and sci-fi movies. And for that first year, they were kind of trying to iron out all the kinks. And then after the first year, they hit me up and they asked me if I wanted to design a new logo and some new branding for their podcast. And I thought, well, yeah, of course. So I whipped that together for them. And about a week later, they said, hey, we've been considering adding a, a co-host, a third co-host. Would you want to be that third co-host? And uh, I said, yeah, let me come on for a guest episode. We can do like an interview episode, pretty, a lot like what we're doing mm -hmm. now. And uh, we'll see how it works. You know, and we still, we'll see how it gels. And um, it worked great. So I joined in the second season of Porcelain Peak. Um, and Porcelain Peak is uh, a weekly podcast. We have new episodes every Monday. We talk about horror, sci-fi, and fantasy movies mostly. But we also talk about books and music and comics and pretty much anything in those genres. Um, we've been going for four years now. We're on our fifth season. So I guess, yeah, this will be our fifth year. And uh, it's just been growing and growing and growing. On our, our Instagram is the main place where we do all of our posts and, and kind of talk with our community and everything. But um, yeah, Porcelain Peak, we, like I said, we're every Monday and it's just been super fun to do this over the past few years. We, we thought about stopping it actually after this last season and we talked about it seriously and we just love having that time. Cause you know, when you're in a, when you have adult friends, it's hard to work out time to hang out mm -hmm. and do stuff. Cause everybody's so busy. But when we had, you know, Wednesday nights, we meet at 630 and we record, you know, that's two, two and a half hours that we may not have seen each other. Mm -hmm. And we're getting to get together and talk about the last horror movie that we just saw. And other people actually started wanting to hear us talk about it. So we have a good little fan base. It's nothing crazy, but we have a good number of people who talk with us about our episodes and get really excited when we put out new stuff um, for October for the past many years we've been doing our 31 terror tales where we put together 31 horror movies and we watch a horror movie every day 
that's actually what I was doing before you and I got on the call was watching my horror movie for tonight. But uh, we'll pick a theme for every week. And for the last couple of years, we've had our audience actually vote on Instagram for what they submit the movies. So this year we got a list of probably like 70 or 80 movies um, that people wanted us to watch. And we had to go through and we had to trim it down to 31 and pick the ones that we wanted to watch. And so, yeah, every week now our episodes are us recapping those seven movies that we watched all leading up to Halloween. So we'll go see the new Halloween movie when it comes out and talk about that. But yeah, it's just a ton of fun. And I get to see my friends every week and we have a group chat and we talk all about, you know, all the movies that are coming out and we catch up on news. Um, so yeah, if anybody's interested in listening to this, um, I know that maybe not everyone listening to the 209 podcast also happens to be a horror and sci-fi movie fan. But if you are and you're not annoyed by me listening to me already, then I would highly recommend uh, checking out Porcelain Peak. It's a lot of fun. It's a bit more um, R-rated compared to this show. We do get a little <laughs> bit explicit when we joke around. Um, you know, there may be some curse words and things like that. But um, if you can handle it and you're into that kind of thing, then definitely check it out. Yeah, which it's so, under- so far that's <laughs> yeah, and so far that's the only podcast that I have. Um, I've done guest spots on a lot of other podcasts with people really all over the world now, which has been another really cool thing about doing the show is that we have a lot of friends and based in Canada and uh in the uk and uh, i've done podcasts with people in australia and you know that's that's the wonders of zoom and Mm. podcasting is that you get to talk with people all over the place and and it's really awesome so so far it's the only podcast i have but i think i'm probably going to end up doing this for a long time so if i don't keep doing it with porcelain peak i'll probably have another podcast talking (laughs) about something um probably movies but we'll see yeah, that, that's that's really cool. I mean, as you mentioned all that, I mean, that's how my experience has been as a podcaster. You get to meet people from not only this country, but around the world. And I, I always tell people that I've never met as many people as I have since the pandemic started, thanks to podcasting, yeah. right? I mean, like you said, you just hop on Zoom, you meet someone, and it's not awkward, right? It's not like you're just going to a convention and you're like just talking to other like-minded people. Like th- these are people who actually want to talk about whatever it is that you're talking about. So yeah, I, I get you. This is the way to meet friends if you're trying to meet friends <laughs> and you want to talk about a common uh, hobby. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I think a lot of people are nervous about podcasting because they don't really know if maybe they have the voice for it, like the actual physical voice, or Mm -hmm. maybe they feel like they don't have an angle yet, or, you know, they don't know if they have the right technology for it, the right microphone and stuff. And I just always tell people like, don't sweat all that stuff in the beginning. Everybody kind of sucks when they first start. And that's Mm -hmm. part of the process. It's like with anything that you do, but that's new. But with podcasting, it's like, it took the the guys that I'm podcasting with a year to really figure out what porcelain peak was all about. And I was lucky enough to join after they had figured out all of the kinks and had all the good audio stuff set out. But we still took another year on top of that to really, really find our voice to the point where we weren't nervous doing it. And Mm -hmm. we weren't concerned about the audio setup. And now it's a whole production. We have, you know, those, the same episodes that we have go out on Apple and Spotify and Stitcher and all that also go up on YouTube and they're filmed. And so, you know, it's a whole production now, but that took us a lot of work and a lot of practice. So I always tell people, if it's something you're interested in, you know, even if it's just a set of headphones that you have with a mic, like a set of ear pods or AirPods or something like that's good enough just to get started and just talk about something that you're really, really into. Cause eventually after you've done it a, a 
few times, you'll get used to it and you'll figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And luckily nowadays, mics are pretty cheap, right? Like I remember the first mic I bought was probably like $20 and it did the mm-hmm. job, right? I mean, it was good. Maybe not as great as like one of those really expensive ones, but at the end of the day, you still get good audio. That's the way I see it, right? I'm not like a big audio nerd and I'm sure like the big audio nerds would probably be like, well, no, if you listen to this part, listen to the differences and all that. But I think that, you know, any any good mic does. And, you know, I'm glad that you guys are able to do them there in person. I know all mine have been through Zoom. <laughs> I've never actually recorded with my uh, co-hosts in an actual setup, but, you know, that there's different formats and that's the good thing about it, right? Is that you can actually have a studio format or you can do it through zoom and it still sounds uh, just as great. Right. And being able to to do that. And you're able to talk to people that would probably never otherwise make the trip <laughs> to like your, your studio. Right. So. Yeah. And you can even do it alone. And if you're posting them somewhere and you're maybe doing a Twitter account, that's talking about what you're posting or you have an Instagram, you're probably going to meet people who are doing similar stuff. And then, like you said, that's how you make podcasting friends. And the friends that I've made through podcasting are a hundred percent some of my closest friends. You know, I don't have a ton of real life friends because, like I said, I'm, mm. I'm an adult and it's hard to. You know, <laughs> I have my girlfriend and I have the guys that I podcast with and a couple uh, work friends that I old work friends that I hang out with. But outside of that, all of my conversations are with my podcast friends, and we just talk. You know, we have a group chat together, and like I said, it's guys from Canada and the UK and all over the place, and. Uh, who are we get to catch up on like oh how are things over in california how are things over here and we have really honest conversations and then you know those are the same people that'll reach out to me when they haven't heard from me in a little while and go hey man is everything cool like how you doing um you know and they're people who i would consider really legitimate friends who i've never met in person i'd love to one day and some of them live in the united states so i don't i really have an excuse i need to get a plane ticket now that we can travel and or hop in the car but yeah, these are people that I love talking to. And yeah, so even if you're just starting off by yourself, you know, maybe eventually down the road, you pick up a co-host through Zoom because you guys met on Instagram and you realize, or Facebook or whatever it is, and you realize, hey, we want to chat about, you know, whatever it is, Pokemon or movies or, you know, anything. Really, the sky is the limit when it comes to podcasting. And I think a lot of people, even celebrities are realizing that, like you see all these celebrities joining podcasting. And it's like, yeah, it's because they realize it's fun to just kind of sit around and BS with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the things that I hear a lot of people say, right, and, and why they don't get started, or why they get like maybe into two episodes and then they just kind of drop it is really because of the listens. Right. And I normally say, like, don't don't sweat. Listen counts. Right. I mean, over time. They'll build up, right? I mean, just as with anything, it's, it, you know, word of mouth is the most powerful way of marketing, as, you know, they say. So, you know, it might build up, but even then, like you just mentioned everything, really what you get from podcasting is all those like friendships that you wouldn't probably get otherwise, or maybe it would be a little difficult to get. So th- that is really, I think, the most rewarding thing is being able to talk to like minded people. And like you said, not only have those casual friends, but some of them actually become you know, more than just a casual friend, right? But one that's actually like checking up on you, asking you about like your personal life as well. And so um, you get some pretty good friendships out of just, you know, talking about your hobby, right? It starts off like that. And then you realize that some of those people, you know, actually um, are more than just hobby friends, right? So 
Yeah. And, and like you said, when you said podcast career earlier, it does end up feeling like a career path. Uh, only if I think at the heart of it, you do it because you're passionate about it and because it's mm -hmm. fun. What you said about listens and numbers is 100% how I feel about podcasting. And it took me a while to get there because when I first joined Porcelain Peak for that first year when I was, you know, crunching away on Instagram and all, you know, I had a, too many social media accounts for us and was trying to manage it all. And I realized that it was stressing me out more than I was having fun with the podcast. And I realized that one, your listeners can tell if you're not having a good time with mm -hmm. the show that you're putting on. It's like anything, you know, like on it with theater or a presentation, people can tell if you're in a bad mood and you're not digging it. And so we just kind of all came to this agreement that we would end the show when we stopped having fun with it. And as long as we kept having fun with it, then nothing else really mattered except that it was doing positive things for our lives. And that continues to be the case, you know, into this fifth year with the show. And yeah, I think that people forget about that because they do get too obsessed with the numbers. And like, yeah, we don't have a huge follower count, anything crazy. Like, I think we have something like maybe close to 3000 followers on Instagram, which in Instagram numbers is nothing. So but that, but we have a community. Like I have 20 people on and off who I have co frequent conversations with and they're people who contribute to the things that we do on the show. And that feels really awesome because how easy it is, is it to have a group of 20 people get together and do anything. So, you know, out of those 2000 followers, I'm like, I'm happy to just have that little community. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really glad that, you know, you emphasize the community part, because that's something that I always say about any other shows that I do, right? Because inevitably, when you do a show, you're always going to have those like select group of people that, you know, are like your loyal followers, right? Like they enjoy listening to what you put out. They'll drop messages when you put something out as well, right? And that's what I always say drives me, right? You, you have five people yeah. that tell you like, hey, like I just listened to a show or like, I'm so happy you you put up a show before I went to work. Now I have something to listen to at work. I mean, that that just makes my day. And that's what actually like keeps me going as a podcaster is hearing those comments from even if it's just two or three people that mention that. Right. And there are other people that listen, but they might not be as vocal. But when you get that really like sweet message from a listener, I think that in itself already makes it worth it. Just getting that one message. Yeah, I totally agree. And we get that. Like I was even just this morning, I got a message because our, our new episode just came out um, and we had taken a month break. So all of September, we didn't have any new episodes. And uh, yeah, we just came out with our first October episode today. And I got a message from one of our loyal listeners. And he was like, oh, I loved that point you made about this one movie. And we started just having this long discussion about this movie that we had talked about on the show. And it's awesome because I know every Monday that I'm going to get a message from that same guy. And he's going to have like a really cool thing that he picked out of something that I said, or he's going to go, oh, that joke you guys made made me laugh so hard. And that makes me go, cool. Now I'm excited to do the next episode because yeah. like every week I get like a couple of those comments and I'm like, cool, that's enough to get me to do the next episode. <laughs> and, and, you know, cause I don't always want to get up, you know, after a long day at work, I don't always want to get up and drive across town to where we record and do it. But there's, I think to myself, like, no, there are people who, like this show enough that they look forward to it every week and that's enough for me to get up and do it that that's awesome yeah like i said that's exactly how how i feel and i'm glad that you guys experienced that too and you know i i think that sometimes maybe maybe the bigger podcasters don't realize that right but they really do make a big difference in the community that they create right because some people mm -hmm. 
are going through a lot of things in their personal life and listening to your show is like a way of like escaping reality in a sense, right? Because they're able to listen to, you know, whatever it is that, you know, they're, they're talking about and actually immerse themselves in that hobby and hear other like-minded people and interact, right? I think that's the best thing about having a smaller podcast is that they know that they could just reach out to you as the co-host and you'll respond <laughs> to actually get yeah. like, you know, some engagement there. So that, that's the neat thing about it. Yeah. It, I, I, I keep thinking how surprised I am that you, uh, that you get it. But at, then I'm like, well, no, he's a podcaster. He has a bunch of podcasts, podcasts. Of course he, he understands, but yeah, hundred percent to all of that. Like it's, it like it's the community. It's just really cool. Like it's not something that I expected out of podcasting that people would become attached to it. And I feel that same way about like YouTubers that I watch every single week or my own podcast that I listen to who, you know, maybe none of my friends really know about. I have my, my podcasts I've been listening to for like 10 years religiously. And those people feel like best friends and I've never met them or talked <laughs> with them. Um, and it's just crazy how you build this attachment and it really is like if I'm on a long drive and I'm feeling kind of lonely, like I'm driving down to LA or something. It's cool to have, you know, it feels like you're having a conversation like with people in the car. And, uh, that's, that's what I love about podcasts is yeah, you do feel that kind of human, that human connection because it is a person talking. And when people get really excited or they're, they're sad on a podcast, you, you can feel that emotion and you get really attached. And, um, I think that's why when we were considering stopping after season four you know people were reaching out to us going like oh no man like <laughs> like that would suck so bad like I, I love listening to your show every week and you realize like oh geez people are a lot more passionate and attached to what we do than we ever thought they would be and like i said it's not a huge number but even just a few people it's it's definitely impactful for us um especially with the state of the world now like you know, you need any little uh, ray of sunshine to make your day. And and for us, that's the podcast. A lot of the time, you know, we all three agree like, hey, this stuff, this gets us through the week is knowing that like, we have a mission, we're going to put out this episode, mm -hmm. we're going to get to get together and have fun. Um, we're going to get to interact with our community. And that makes, you know, outside of our jobs and what we enjoy there and, and in our personal lives, it's like, no, the podcast really has gotten us through the past couple of years, especially with the pandemic. Like mm. we went to zoom recording for that. So we got used to doing it, not in the same room. And it was tough. Mm. Like we, we had gotten so used to doing it in the same room and recording together that when we had to go months doing it on zoom, it, it was tough on us. And it made us realize, you know, that this was something that we had become super attached to doing and it really made an emotional difference in our lives. So um yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever spoken so passionately about the podcast, but <laughs> um that's how I feel about it and that's how they, the my co-hosts feel about it. So that's why we keep doing it. That's cool. That's what happens when you speak to another podcaster. Right? <laughs> I'm glad you yeah my, able to do yeah and my boss wants to start a podcast with visit for visit Modesto and he knows uh, all about my podcast he's listened to episodes um and so he wants me to kind of like try to spearhead that a little bit so who knows you know at some point visit modesto might be doing something in the podcasting realm but in the meantime i'm just happy to be doing that i found podcasting and that i got an opportunity to do it instead of just listening to podcasts forever like it's fun to be able to do it make my own stuff that's cool well i'm glad to hear that 
Well, I want to know a little bit more about, you know, your time with the, the Porcelain Peak. Um, tell us more about like what episode comes to mind as being like a memorable one, uh, or if it's not just one, you can name more than one. I know it's it's probably tough to <laughs> to name just one, but what what are what's one or maybe some? Um, some of the ones that stick out immediately in my brain is I always tell people if they want to get to know the show and they want to get to know us, I think two years ago we did a Q&A episode called an, e- an Evening with Porcelain Peak. And mm-hmm. we let all of our listeners submit questions for us. And they range anywhere from, you know, deep uh, emotional questions about how, you know, how we first got into horror and what our growing up was like and all that to, you know, really raunchy, crazy questions that <laughs> our, some of our goofier friends asked us. And it's a, it's a really good time. Uh, we also have, we do trivia on every episode of our show. It's like the staple of our show is our trivia segment. Um, we have a news segment, a trivia segment, and then we get into the main discussion where we talk about whatever movie it is that we're talking about that week. But people love trivia and they'll message us all the time saying that they're screaming at their their car radio, like <laughs> the answers to the trivia. And uh, because all three of us are so well-versed in horror and sci-fi movies and stuff we give each other a run for our money and we get very competitive well we had an episode for our our 100th episode celebration we brought i think something like 12 other podcasts on and did like a crazy four-hour two-part trivia showdown with all of these different podcasts so that was the last time that we ever did guests because we were like that was ridiculous we've had guests on who live in town and friends of ours but we mostly don't do guests because doing 12 kind of broke our brains but um that one stands out and then um when we do like big franchises so when we talked about every friday the 13th movie there's like 10 or 11 movies in that franchise and we watched them all over a summer and then did a huge like three-hour episode we did a Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode with these guys called Radio Nasties in England who, and that for one movie, just the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we talked for three hours. Uh, we've done a Lord of the Rings episode that went on for almost four hours. So we we get really, really uh, detailed with our discussions and, and typically our episodes only go for about an hour and a half, but those are some of the ones that stand out to me as having been the most fun and the most kind of crazy and exciting episodes. But I always tell people like if you scroll through our feed you're going to find something that you're interested in whether it's Jurassic Park or Alien or true crime stories or urban legends we've done pretty much everything that we've found interesting in the horror sci-fi fantasy genres so we've talked about stage plays and books so um there's really something for everyone who's kind of into spooky weird stuff like we are is there a funny moment that you guys have gone through, right? Being that you guys do this podcast in person or maybe an embarrassing one, if there's one that you could tell as well, I'm sure, you know, with so many episodes, you've had different stories that have gone behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, most of our funny stuff that happens ends up in the episode. Like we don't have a ton of behind behind the scenes stuff outside of just like, uh, we've had times where we have recorded like, a th- like our Friday the 13th episode that I talked about, you know, we recorded that whole episode and then went to listen to the audio and had completely messed it up. And we all like just collapsed. Like we were like, no, 
we all had to take a deep breath and we all had to put our game faces back on and we had to sit down and for like another three hours, just do it again. Ooh. And we've had to do that a couple of times. And, you know, it's happened with commentary tracks. I think those are the most fun kind of like behind the scenes things we have is uh, we have a Patreon and we do movie commentaries so you can watch the movie and, you know, at, it's like the three of us are in the room with you, like commenting <laughs> on what's happening and then we're a bit looser on there. And, and a lot of the time we do it over at my friend John or at co-host John's house. And he has a, a dog who sometimes like gets in on uh, <laughs> what's going on. Or like, you know, a lot of time uh, tones dogs will start barking at an opinion and we'll, we're, we'll like have them join in on the conversation while we're recording. <laughs> so, but like I said, a lot of that stuff ends up in the episode because people like that stuff. Like they mm -hmm. like to hear, you know, or I'll, I'll misunderstand something that somebody says, or one of us will do an impression. And that'll just become a nickname. Like I did an impression of the uh, of Morgan Freeman one time that was absolutely terrible. I'm not going to do it here because it's terrible. But I was just going to ask. Yeah, uh, I was like... <laughs> yeah. but uh, I think I think it was like a line from the Shawshank Redemption, and that became like a running joke that that my bad Morgan Freeman impression for like a whole season, or like nicknames like Tone we called the Blob, and I don't even remember where that nickname came from. But he's always like, "Hey, I'm the Blob." I can't remember where it came from, but if you went back and listened to our episodes, you could find at some point where we misheard something that somebody said and we thought they said blob. And now we're like, Oh, that's your nickname now. So it's just, we're, we're very goofy and all, like I said, most of that stuff ends up on the episode. So they're really fun to listen to. That's cool. I'm glad that you guys keep that. I mean, I've been doing the same with most of my shows. I usually keep the, the funny moments, maybe not so much with this one. Cause I do mess up quite a bit when I'm doing my solo recording, but <laughs> with the other ones yeah. that I have a bunch of co-hosts yeah a lot of those things are kept there and you know you you give people a good laugh right and you show everyone that you're human you make mistakes and none of what we put out there is perfect and you know you you make fun of yourself too is, is what I like to say when when you keep those bloopers that are pretty funny right and like you mentioned some of them are so memorable that you have some listeners just kind of going back to like oh I remember a couple of months ago you had the show where you messed up or where you said this and then they're kind of reminding you over and over again and, <laughs> and it just becomes a little funny anecdote right because like you said it makes you feel like like you're there with your favorite podcast co-hosts even though you know you weren't there but it makes you feel like you were literally there in the room as they were speaking about whatever it is that they were talking about yeah it it humbles it humbles me to not feel like i have to be so serious and and perfect when i'm recording i can just be myself and that's what people like to listen to so that's really nice and then yeah when i'm listening to a podcaster if they flub or they stutter or they mess up and it ends up being funny i'll crack up laughing until i'm crying just like driving to work <laughs> in the morning you know it's like these people are in the car joking around with me so yeah it's like you know it makes people feel more human and not every podcast is like that but the good podcasts are and those are the ones that I think last are the ones that feel like there are real people behind them. And I'm glad you mentioned that as well, right? Because a lot of people, maybe another reason why they don't get into podcasting is because they feel like you have to be basically near perfect and not make any mistakes and not, like you said, stutter and not mess up with other things that you say and all that. And so it's good to keep those things just to show people like, hey, if you want to start a show you know, it's not going to be perfect. And that's just as, you know, your favorite podcast co-host is too. So it, it's good inspiration for anyone wanting to start one too. Well, definitely. 
one last thing that I want to ask you too, and you know, this is kind of going back to uh, the fact that you work for uh, Visit Modesto and also that you're a podcast co-host. So it's like a two-part question of sorts too. But first things first, uh, what would you tell someone who wants to get into the creative field, wants to do something, and maybe they're in the 209 or maybe they're not in the 209 too, that, that's okay. But uh, what advice would you have for anyone not living like in a, in a big city who wants to get into uh, a creative space? Well, I think that the most important thing is to not let yourself get uh, down about the fact that we're not in some fancy uh, metropolitan hip art space. Uh, for one, I think that for me, the thing that made me stick with art was that I was just very, very passionate about it and nothing was going to stop me from being in the art profession in some way from when I was a little kid, uh, that was always the case. And I think a lot of people kind of are told that they can't do artistic things because they're maybe not great at drawing or they're maybe they don't know Photoshop or whatever it is, um, or they're not in the right place. But yeah, as long as it's something that you're willing to work at and that you're willing to learn and you have an open mind and you're passionate, I think you can be successful wherever you are, especially because the internet exists. And we're in an age where you have access to literally anything you want to learn. If you want to be a filmmaker, there are free ways to learn how to do that on YouTube, or you can take paid courses. Um, if you want to get into graphic design, there are a million ways to go with not even Photoshop. I mean, if you, if you don't want to use Adobe Suite, there are places like Canva where you can do free stuff and they have awesome ways for you to create um, cool design, if you want to get into video, really anything that you want to do, painting, you don't necessarily have to go to some fancy art school to do it. I went and got my degree and I do recommend it because it's a good way of networking. I think that talking to other people who are artists and seeing what other people who are artists are doing is also super important. So expose yourself to other art. Don't put yourself in a bubble. Um, whether that's looking at people's art online or going to, even if it's a small show, there are galleries in Modesto, in downtown Modesto. There's the Mislin Art Gallery. There's a Chartreuse Muse. You have the gallery at Stan State. You have the downtown space for Stan State. There's all kinds of really cool places to go see art. There's murals all over downtown Modesto, and those are all signed by the artists, and they put on live events where they paint murals and come watch them do it. So if you want to learn this stuff, find other people who are doing it and, you know, just put in the work for me. It took me a long time to realize that I wanted to do graphic design, but when I started getting into it, I got really into Photoshop and I just started making stuff for fun movie posters that I want, wish I could have seen or Photoshopping my friends into pictures of, <laughs> you know, silly space stuff. Like, and the more you do it, the more you learn. It's just like the podcasting, like, yeah, you're probably going to suck at first, but the more you do it, the more you're going to learn. And like I said, there's always the internet. Like if you don't know something these days, you can Google it and see what other people have to say about it and learn new tricks. And the possibilities are endless. If you want to learn to paint, you can get an iPad Pro and practice your brushes on an iPad if you don't have a studio space. Um, so really, if you feel creative, I, I'd say that that's the most important part is if you feel creative, make something you know, and, and um, in terms of getting a career, there are a lot of places now, especially if you, if you just have a creative eye and you can bring a creative vision, um, a lot of places, especially with remote work and working through computers and things, there's more opportunities now than I think 
there ever were in terms of doing art. Like 10 years ago, I couldn't have done the job that I'm doing now. This, the, the tools wouldn't have existed. And um, I, you know, may have become a gallery artist or you know, a painter or a sculptor or something. And that, you know, would have worked out in a completely different way. But I grew up with computers and I took my art love, my computer love and put them together. And that's how I got to where I am. And uh, people are always looking for artists and they appreciate creativity. Uh, you just got to show that you're passionate about it and that you have a vision, I think. Yeah, those are all really great things. And yeah, we definitely are in much better times for anyone who is in the creative space. And I'm really glad. And I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> Canva, which, you know, major shout out to them because they are the reason why I have all my uh, podcast episode artwork done through them and that I'm able to match my colors and text and all that. So great tool for anyone who isn't familiar with that. Even if you're not trying to start a podcast or anything else, I mean, you could basically do anything right on there. <laughs> they have templates for, for anything yeah. to get you started. Yeah. It's great for, if you want to start doing YouTube videos and you don't want to show your face, you can put together, <laughs> you know, whole videos with cool graphics and stuff all through Canva. And then that might get you into learning how to video edit. And really you fall down these rabbit holes and with the internet, you can go as deep down that rabbit hole as you want and just keep learning. And um, if you have some spare time, just do a little bit of creative stuff every day or every couple days and you'll get better at it. And then somebody will want to use those talents if it's something that you decide you want to make money off of. Um, even if it's freelance for a while, I had to do that before I got to where I am now, um, where I can create with a steady paycheck. I did a lot of freelance for everything under the sun, gyms, dog walkers, like, you know, people just coming up and saying, Hey, I like the stuff you're posting on Instagram. And there you go. The internet helped me get work that way it was just, mm -hmm. Oh, I like your logos that you post on, on Instagram. Um, I did a 50 day logo challenge with a friend just so that I then had 50 logos I could show off for, you know, every day you get a prompt that said today you're doing a, um, a zoo logo for like a local zoo pretend mm -hmm. you have 50 logos that you can then put into a portfolio and say, this is my style and this is what my work looks like. So uh, really, it's just about doing it and finding the right resources and being willing to learn um, and not wanting to rush it because it took me quite a while to finally get into a job where I get to be creative. So it can take a long time, but that doesn't mean it's not worth it. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth waiting for and you get to do what you love to do, right? Which uh, isn't the case, I think, for a lot of people. So it's it's good when, when you can be in that position there. Um, well, one last thing. Uh, because we talked about podcasts, I got to ask this one too, but what's your number one advice for anyone who's uh, on the fence about starting a podcast or maybe we finally convinced them to actually start one and they weren't even thinking about it before listening to this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I covered a lot of, of what my recommendations would be, which would be if you, if you feel like you can talk for even a half hour, even if you want to do a short podcast, I've seen plenty of people have really good success with doing bite-sized podcasts that people can listen to on their work breaks or their lunches. You know, I've seen people get really successful doing 10 minute podcasts because they're like, cool, listen to this on your work break. So if you can talk for any length of time about something that you're excited about and that you're passionate about, no matter what that is, there is an audience for it. Like, that's how something like Reddit became successful is that there is an audience for everything. doesn't matter what it is. You will find a Reddit thread for it. You will find a Wikipedia article for whatever it is. 
So podcasting is the same. There will be an audience. And even if that audience is like two people at the beginning, that's, that's enough to start a small community of people. And, and then who knows, you know, that audience could grow and explode. And with the internet, there's a million ways to get the word out there. If you love Facebook and you're really good at doing Facebook, then you can build a huge community there. If you're better at Instagram and you're more visual, like the stuff that we do, Instagram's awesome. If you're super funny and you can do, and you can make really good tweets that really catch people's attention, you know, there's a million ways to get the word out there. So it really is just about starting and just having the confidence to go, cool, I can talk about, you know, cooking this dish for an hour, then boom, you have one episode there. And just don't, just don't overthink it. Just do it and and have fun with it. Yeah, that's, that's very well put. And hopefully, you know, with all this, we've inspired someone out there to to start a podcast. And, you know, I'm really glad to see more shows here in the 209 because, you know, prior to hearing about yours and hearing about uh, one of my past guests as well, I didn't even know there were other podcasters here when I first got started with this too. So uh, it makes me happy to see that, you know, you guys are there and that I'm sure there's a lot more that I'll be finding out about as I keep doing my research, <laughs> trying to see what else is out there. But, uh, you know, it's really good that you guys are uh, keeping that show going on and that, you know, you guys are representing us here as well and showing how creative we can be here in, in the 209. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for being on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I had a good time. Uh, you know, hearing all about your stories and, you know, can't wait to hear more about the podcast and how it does uh, uh, in the future as well. And especially that Modesto one, I hope it becomes a thing. And, you know, I hope yeah. I can help out in whatever way I can, because it would be really awesome to, you know, collaborate with you guys and, you know, just help spread the word about our hometown, get more people uh, coming down here and, you know, just uh, shining a, a much brighter light on our, our city and all the great things that are here that, you know, people just don't know about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I hope the podcasting community gets bigger. Um, I always appreciate getting to talk to other podcasters. So I super appreciate um, you having me on here. And yeah, if people want to learn more about Modesto, they can always check out Visit Modesto. We have our, our website, our Facebook. You can even stop in. Our door is always open if you want to come say hi, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I want to meet that guy that that I heard on that (laughs) episode. Um, You know, you can always come visit us. But yeah. And then with with my podcast with Porcelain Peak, we're on everything. So go check us out on Instagram or YouTube or Twitter. We're pretty much everywhere. So, um, yeah, I'm doing a lot of fun stuff. And and, um, yeah, I'm glad I was able to come on here and talk about it. It was a really good conversation. I appreciate it. Once again, thank you so much to uh, Anthony Silva for being on the show today. It's always really interesting to hear about other podcaster stories, uh, just like y'all heard uh, back when I interviewed uh, Matt Beckwith uh, for the Stockton podcast. And if you haven't heard that one, go check it out. It's a couple episodes behind as well. But yeah, really interesting to hear more about Visit Modesto. And if y'all weren't aware of what they do, uh, you know, now you can find out about them. And if you want to get more information as well, Check out their website, visitmodesto.com to find out about any more events that they're doing. They have a really cool calendar there that lists all the events going on around town and, and whatnot. So if you're trying to find something to do on a weekend, they have something there. So, you know, there's always something in town going on. Might not be as publicized as much or whatnot, but 
if you go there and check it out, you'll be able to find a lot of things there. And so go go support them, go follow them on their socials, find out all that they are working on. And like I said, they've been doing a really great job. So shout out to Anthony and his team for all the things that they're putting up at Visit Modesto and really making our hometown stand out, which makes me really happy. And if y'all know, if you've been listening uh, to the show since the beginning, you know that um, I'm so proud of my hometown, uh, being born and raised here. And I want to do as much as I can to uh, get back to the city. So I'm really excited for when they release their podcast and see how I can help out with that over there as well. All right. Well, once again, people, thank you so much for listening to the show tonight. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please, I would really appreciate you giving that subscribe to it. It would really help the show a lot. And again, you would be notified every single time that a new episode is posted. I'm going to try my best to keep a weekly schedule. I know it hasn't worked out as much because I've gotten pretty busy over the last couple of weeks, but uh, I do want to get to that point where we can have a weekly schedule. Um, I'm not actually going to do a specific day of the week anymore. I know previously it was going to be every Wednesday, but I want to keep it more to weekly. So I'm able to actually uh, get an episode out, but I do hope in the future to actually have a set date. But for the meantime, I'm going to be posting uh, as often as, as can be. Well, everyone have a good morning or good night whenever you might be listening to this. And you'll hear me next week here on the 209 Journey podcast.